0: The big question is this, how do we live a life that is unapologetically ours? The summer of 2020, I was struggling. I was facing bankruptcy as my reselling empire was crumbling around me due to the financial constraints caused by COVID-19. I decided to stop trying to hold the weight of the world on my shoulders and get free. I sold off everything. I bought a first class ticket to Mexico and with no source of income and only a few thousand dollars, I went on an adventure. What happened next? Well, my name is Healy Stwicky, and welcome to Tacos and Tattoos. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tattoos. Today, I'm going to share with you how it is that I have been able to afford living in Mexico without being like a trust fund baby or something like that. Like, it's so strange to me. On my TikTok account, I get so many people that are either... Angry at the fact I'm here, and they're like, Oh, she must have come for money, it must be nice to not have to work. Or they're like, How are you doing it? Please help me, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> and it's really not that hard to do. But for the sake of time today, I'm gonna share with you step one of how you can afford living. In whatever, whatever country you want, whether it be a country that is less expensive to live in than the United States or more expensive, this is kind of how you, how you do it. So step number one is really the hardest for people to do, and that is to lower the cost of, of living. And I just saw a post on Facebook a couple days ago, and it was a house for rent in Hood River where I'm from. So, when I was in Hood River, I bought a commercial property that had, it was like 5,000 square feet right on the corner. It was old and had to put a lot of money into remodeling it, a lot of love into remodeling it. But it eventually was something where it had like 2,500 square feet in store frontage. And then there was a 1,200 square foot apartment. And then I had and was living in a like 350 square foot studio apartment. It was real small, but I loved it. Plus there was like it was on a almost a half an acre huge parking lot and then I had an RV space outside. So my mortgage on that place was I had a $1900 mortgage, which was the mortgage I paid to the owner carry contract that I had. And then I had on top of that a $1200 uh, payment to a like, government, like, program called McKed. It was, like, Mid-Columbia Economic and something district. I don't remember what the other E stand for. But I would pay them because they gave me a $125,000 loan for the remodel of that building and, and opening of my business and stuff. So it was, like a, a, like, a home improvement loan, kind of, but also, like, a business economic loan. It was really awesome. So that, plus I had insurance and all these things. So I was paying probably just under four thousand dollars for all of that space but I was like paying it off. It was like mine, right? Like it I it was like it wasn't a rent payment. And then I also what was cool about it is that I was renting out the the apartment for twelve hundred dollars so that paid one of the loans and then I had four hundred dollars I was getting paid for the R V space and then I was had the business in the store frontage. So I got to like live there for free, and my business like paid the rest of the mortgage and expenses, which was really really cool. So back to this post that I saw, it was twenty six hundred dollars a month plus utilities, and the house was like seven hundred square feet. It was on a quarter of an acre, and you could have a dog. Woohoo! They wanted a five hundred dollar pet deposit though. And they wanted first and last plus the deposit, plus the pet deposit. So it was like five fifty-five hundred dollars moving into this place, and I was just like, "No, I, I just cannot imagine paying that much when I know what I know now. Like, is it really worth living there <laughs> and paying that much in rent? It makes me angry." like so incredibly angry. People need to know that you can move to other places in the country and other countries and be okay. So that's why I'm sharing this with you today because that end rant, but I saw that and it just, it made me so angry and I don't. I know there's people that joyously pay that, and they're just like blind to the fact that no big deal, whatever. Oh, but the landlords have expenses, and you know the cost of taxes. Yeah, the taxes, man. On my property, I was paying like two hundred dollars a month in property taxes, and I would be so angry about that too. Ugh, God. Anyway, so. One of the things you need to do in order to really be free and be able to own your time is to get your expenses drastically below the amount of money that you make. So that can be really tricky when you're an entrepreneur and you have a business because for my business, I like January, February, March, April, May, gangbusters, man. Like I have so much work and I'm so busy and life is so good and then come like mid-June, june july august september october and into the holiday season only november and december are bad because i'm really bad about getting like my business back up it really takes until like mid-december january for things to pick back up for me so like half of the year i'm like oh my god where what's happening i could like use some more some more work please um But then it all becomes gangbusters and everyone's like, hey, we need your help now. And it's like, cool. So this year's resolution is to make sure that doesn't happen this year. But anyway, you have to be able to recognize those seasons in your business and not be delusional to them. So I know that when January comes, I'm going to get paid. And I know when the middle of June comes, things are going to slow down. So I have to average everything out and be like, okay, what are my bills and what what is the income, and live drastically below that. But nobody talks about that when you're growing up. Like, nobody. There's this, like, delusional thing where it's like, oh, we need to save. Like, just open one of those saver accounts where we'll take the round up your purchases and deposit money. And, like, legit, no one ever taught me about investing and saving. And my dad was very good at it, but he never taught me. And so this was something I had to, like, learn the hard way. And then when I wanted to start living this lifestyle, I had to really dive into it. So I read several books that really helped me. The book Profit First radically changed my life. Like if you have a business, you must read the book Profit First. Like, hands down, best book for for understanding your finances and bookkeeping as a business owner. And it's not a boring read either. It's actually a really easy to read book. It's not like reading some boring textbook accounting book. It was actually really nice. The other book that I read was get rich lucky bitch by Denise Russell. I think it's her last name. She's Australian. Um, and she talks about money mindset and how we're like programmed to believe that being wealthy is evil. Like look at all the popular movies. Like they basically tell you that the rich people are evil and the poor people are the underdogs that should be achieving that sort of thing. Um, but those those things had to happen and then i had to really look at the expenses that i had like scrutinize every expense so this started 2 years like i guess maybe 18 months 16 18 months before I decided to sell everything off, this was starting to happen. And I started really scrutinizing because I read profit first too. <laughs> but I really started scrutinizing all the expenses I had. So at the time I had a fairly new Subaru. I think I had like two years left on the loan. I had like a five-year loan on it. But it was a five hundred dollar month payment plus insurance. So it was close to like six hundred dollars a month with maintenance and um, it was, it was, it had like a hundred thousand miles on it, you know, now, and it was going to need some repairs and whatever. And so I had a truck at the time too, which I still own and the truck was paid off. And so I, but I I kept rationalizing that I needed this car because it got better gas match. It got 10 miles a gallon or maybe eight miles a gallon better than my diesel pickup. And I was like, well, I can't put that many miles on my pickup because it's old and blah, 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 You know all the things. Like, I need this car because my pickup's just a backup. So I was so spoiled. I had, like, this backup truck that I could be driving. Oh, but I can't use the truck because it, it whatever. I, and so I always justified having the car. So then I had a bigger insurance payment. I had more maintenance on two vehicles, all that sort of thing. And so I I eventually came down to... I I sat with it and I was like, how good would it feel to not have this $600 a month in expenses, that that money would actually be there for me to live on, for me to enjoy, instead of having this car. And so I was able to talk myself into selling the car and then when the payment was gone, oh my God, it felt so good. Like I was over the moon without that payment. And so I started doing that with everything. Because I originally thought, oh my God, I need all these things. I need all these things. I need I need this subscription. I need that. I started like cutting things out. And when I had less bills and the money wasn't flying out of my account as quickly, I was able to balance things and it felt so good. It feels so good. And it, when you read Profit First, it actually teaches you how to pay yourself. So when you start paying yourself first, which is illogical as a business owner, you're like, I need all the money to grow my business. But you actually don't like when you pay yourself, it makes you more excited to run your business and more excited to grow and make more money that guess what happens? Yeah, you actually make more money, which is awesome. (laughs) So you had, I had to realize that it was a habit that I had learned that spending all the money that I made was a habit that I had learned from my mom. And i had to reprogram my brain to be like okay and re re uh format my bank accounts to realize that this is how you did that and it's interesting because i can see in other people i was recently working really close to somebody on some partnership stuff and uh, i was going over the house a lot and like seeing what's happening and this person was telling me all the time oh we don't have money i gotta make more money i gotta make more money like we gotta pay these bills we gotta pay these bills But then at the same time, I go over their house, and they would have, like, five packages from Amazon on the porch. And this was around Christmas time, too, and it was like, oh, we're going to decorate the house all for Christmas. And I was like, if you're, like, struggling for money, the last thing you're going to be spending your money on is decorations for a holiday that's only going to last a few weeks. Like it was just very confusing for me, but I also understood it because I used to be like that too. I used to like shop online all the time to like numb myself and give dopamine hits and like it was like an addiction It made me feel better for a second and then you get to take it out of the package and the whole thing. So I like understood it, but then it made me really worried about being in a partnership with that person because I've come full circle where I really scrutinize everything I buy. Like I buy a lot of clothing, but I'll never buy something that's like, like luxury or anything like that. And whatever I buy, I like heavily scrutinize. Am I going to wear this? Uh, How am I going to feel wearing it? Is it like, I, I go through this whole thought process. I don't stress over it. Like I'm not creating a whole bunch of anxiety, but it's definitely a thought process. So the third thing that I did was, this was closer to when I was getting ready to leave for Mexico, was I sold off and donated everything that I could that was just taking up space and this came down to, like, decorations that no longer... I did the whole Marie Kondo thing. Is that what it con? con Whatever. Every time I can't pronounce something, I try to pronounce it in Spanish now because I'm learning Spanish. <laughs> but anyway, that whole trend, I, so I didn't understand it. and It made me angry at first, but then I started doing it. I was like, I'd go through my apartment and all my stuff, and I'd hold it, and I'd be like, do I like you anymore? And then if it was an immediate no I'd be like, okay, well I guess I'm getting rid of you. And it started to feel so good to get rid of all this stuff because stuff takes up emotional energy. And like it ha- like stuff takes up energy even though it doesn't you don't have to do anything with it. It's still taking up space and energy. And once you release it, there's more space and energy in your life for other things. It's really cool. So that was the next thing I did was I sold off everything that was taking up space and I Started making more space. Then I started looking at things in my life that were taking up space and required care and maintenance. So, this is what's gonna be more difficult because a lot of times you're like, oh, I need those things, I need those things. But then, when you look at the cost, the emotional cost, and the time cost, and the money cost of taking care of it, is it actually something you need? Uh, when I was in high school, I was dating this guy with a mohawk because I was totally like a rebel, whatever and i go over to his house and his dad didn't make very much money i think he worked out as like a security guard somewhere or other and they didn't have much money and when i went to visit him and he was like are you hungry like he legit only had like top ramen like the kind that you like boil the water and pour it on it that's all he had no judgment but there was like no food in the house and but you know what he had a lot of in the house he had a lot of pets he had a, ton of snakes and reptiles and fish and it's just like you can see where the priorities are and to him those were like the precious things in his life but they were he was basically broke because he was having to take care of all these animals and buying all these animals and using all of his free time to take care of these animals when he wasn't working and so when I there's two times in my life where I've had to really look at the things that I'm taking care of. And I'm someone who really like is responsible and takes responsibility for things, animals, people, whatever. And when I wanted to get out of my abusive relationship, I had way too many animals. And this is going to trigger people that don't understand what it's like to have to make hard decisions like that but at the time I think I had like five dogs because my mom was breeding standard poodles and I'd gotten into it too which was legit how I was paying the bills and I was very good at it I had a whole social media set up I had this whole kennel set up all that so I had like five dogs and I think I had 10 horses and we by the time that time I'd gotten rid of all the other animals but we had a lot of animals and so I slowly started selling off the horses and I slowly started finding homes for my dogs. And then when I was able to move into my apartment in the building to get away from my ex, I only had one small dog. I had Dutch with me at the time. And so I had to make those difficult decisions in order to align in my life because I could not care for those animals. I could not afford the cost of them without the income that I had been helping produce from the sawmilling business that I had at the time. And I didn't have the space for them. So I'd have to rent something bigger. I'd have to pay for boarding. It would just be like I wouldn't be able to care for the animals properly with this, the movement that I needed to make. And so that was the next thing and then when i came to mexico i had to come to a very difficult realization that dutch the little um sheltie chihuahua mix pomeranian no not pomeranian uh what is that papillon mix papillon Shelty mix <laughs> so cute uh that he would not emotionally handle being in mexico he was like this little dog that despite all my efforts to socialize him well was fairly aggressive to strangers and strange dogs like really was (laughs) and uh, mexico with all the street dogs and stuff that just would not go over well like he would have gotten his butt kicked and It just, I didn't have space for him either. And so I left him with a friend and dog has a really great life now, but that was another difficult decision I had to make because if I would have made a decision based on, oh, I have him so I can't do this, I would have been stuck myself. So in this way, we both won. He has a really great life and I've been able to move on as well. So the next thing is to pay off bad debts. Now that you're selling things off, and getting some money coming in you have to pay off that bad debt the credit card debt um the short-term loans you gotta pay it off and when you have a business it's so easy to take that stuff out because like paypal is always offering it even even capital one my credit card that i have now is always offering me loans and so easy to be like oh i'll just take out this loan i'll pay it off a little bit of time payments whatever no that stuff is toxic man it's so toxic and when I was back in the States, in order to run the office that I had, I had to rebuild my credit. God, and then the part of rebuilding credit is taking out credit cards, so I did, and I realized that I qu- quickly still just don't have the skills, the control skills, to be able to not abuse the credit card, and so I had, originally, I wanted just like a 500 or a $1,000 limit, and they gave me $3,000, and... I quickly racked it up to like $2,500 buying like a sofa for my office and buying all the decorations and whatever. And, you know, it's just like easy to do. And now that I've paid it, I've been revolving the debt on it. I haven't paid much interest on it. I've had the card for seven months now and I've only paid like $60 in interest, which is great. And they've given me $100 in like a the perks benefits or whatever that I can cash in. But they've not raised my credit, my limit on there to $5,000. And I'm like, ugh, oh, yikes. <laughs> I'm planning on using it for business stuff. But anyway, you gotta pay off that bad debt because those payments, that interest, like just eats you alive. And imagine, imagine if you have like a two, $300 credit card payment and half of that or like a huge percentage of that is interest if you don't have to pay that anymore that money gets to be yours especially when you use the profit first model like it's really cool that's why profit first is amazing you guys all need to just go read the book okay and then number six go move somewhere cheaper so if you're struggling with rent like i am not home very much Okay, wait, that's a lie. So when I'm here in Mexico, I'm in my little apartment a lot because it's so quiet. All my stuff is here. I get to work really nice. But then I go out and I do all the things. When I was in Oregon, I was like not home at all. I was like going out dancing. I was going for a hike. I would go work at the cafes. And why would I pay $2,600 for a place to live when no, just no, I'm never there. So... So do you really need a huge fancy house? Do you really need that penthouse apartment? Do you really need to be living in that kind of place? Or is it just an ego status thing for you? So really like scrutinize these things. Because if you want to be able to live six months in another country or full-time in another country, you can't hold on to the baggage of things that you have to take care of back at home. And that's what I realized. Because every time I'd go back to check in, I would go to my storage unit and be like, man, I'm paying $150 a month for this. My rent is $350 in Mexico. I'm, it's almost half of the rent I'm paying and I see this stuff a few times a year. So every time I go back, I'd scrutinize and be like, do I really need this? Do I really need this? Am I just holding on this because I'm nostalgic? Do I really need this thing or this thing? And I just kept getting rid of things until soon, I only had five boxes left. Five like little tote boxes full of things. And my mom was then like, okay, well, you can just keep that at my house. And I was like, cool. So I got rid of the storage unit. Now i was saving saving a lot of money. And it was awesome. So let's recap all this because we're kind of running out of time here. Here's how you can become financial free. First, scrutinize every expense. Recognize that your spending habits and the way you're handling your money is a habit that you learned from your past, whether it be uh, influential people in your life, your parents, whatever. You read, watched a movie about it, something like that, during a class in college. That's where you learned it. And those are your habits. You can change those habits. Number three, sell off things that are taking up space. Four, sell off things that require care and maintenance pay off bad debt, and then move somewhere cheaper. And all of this stuff doesn't make sense unless you've read the Profit First book and started implementing those things because when you actually take the income that you get and you say, okay, 45% goes to my business, uh, 10, 12% goes to taxes, 3% goes to profit, and then everything left over is yours, you get addicted to figuring out how to give yourself more. And then it becomes a fun game of making money and saving money. Like, then you, there's really something in it for you. So give it a try. That's one of the, this, this is just step one. <laughs> These are the, the number one, lower the stand, the cost of your, your living uh, is step one to be able to live a more nomadic life. So I hope that helps. I hope you gain something from my rambling and I will talk to you again soon.